Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here now is Lisa Bell and Candace Campos with Florida Foodie. Sponsored by Light Orlando, delivering hope together. Hello and welcome back to Florida Foodie. I'm your host, Lisa Bell. And I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates, in for Candace Campos. Today we're joined by a guest who's had his hand in growing two well-known Central Florida chains, and he's working on a third right now. He makes all of us hungry every single day. He founded Gringos Locos, Tin and Taco, and his most recent restaurant, Sodo Square. And you brought some tasty treats with us today. We are so excited to welcome Rob Bear to Florida Foodie. Thank you so much. Uh, This is amazing. Thank you for having me. Well, we are glad to have you here. Now, uh, we've talked about some of your well-known brands, Tin and Taco, Gringos Locos. Tell us how you got started in the restaurant industry. It's uh, it's a very long story. (laughs) We've got time. Uh, Yeah. uh, I basically started working in a restaurant right outside of high school. I started as a dishwasher in a uh, five-star restaurant in uh, Crested Butte, Colorado. Uh, It's called Soup's On. It's actually Mm -hmm. still there today. And, uh, you know, we're starting off as a dishwasher. It was uh, was an enjoyment working with the executive chefs and the chefs and, you know, they they really took care of me and I felt a a sense of family. And uh, they fed me really well. And I, I just, I fell in love with the industry after so you, that. And you never went to formal culinary school or business school. From there, you ended up in San Diego in a Volkswagen bus. I did. So uh, <laughs> when I was 16, I was in Colorado and I uh, bought a, a 69 Volkswagen bus. And uh, it was, you know, the only thing that I could afford at the time. I had to rebuild the engine. And again, I fell in love with the mechanics of the bus and I knew it you know, inside and out, literally. And, uh, I, you know, I've owned several since then. Uh, graduated high school in Colorado and then left to uh, San Diego after that with some friends. So in San Diego, it's my understanding you were bartending. Uh, no, I was actually, um, I wasn't working in a restaurant in Colorado. Uh, I'm sorry, in San Diego. Um, I was working for an advertising company, um, basically, you know, walking the streets of Pacific Beach and Ocean Beach and, um, advertising for different companies. But that's where you came across the concept for Gringos Locos. Yeah, so that's where I got, you know, the inspiration for it. Uh, you know, living in San Diego, uh, even back then was just substantially more than anywhere else. So I, I lived with uh, a couple other guys, a couple other, um, you know, great friends. Uh, one was a Calvin Klein model. Um, I was not, <laughs> and then the other one worked for a uh, the ad agency that I did. But we didn't have, we had no money, and there was this place called El Rodeo. It was on the Ocean Beach uh, break wall, and you would walk in, and it was this little taqueria burrito joint. You'd walk up to the the counter, 
And for $8, you would get a burrito that would last us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And the trick was you would throw $2 in the tip jar and your burrito went from you know, a 12 inch burrito to a 16 inch burrito. Okay. <laughs> so that was what we did. And I, I lived off of uh, burritos and, and Southern California tacos for a majority of, of the time there. And uh, they were open late. And that's where, you know, my, my brain started kicking when I was in Orlando. And I said, there's no late night option downtown Orlando uh, outside of hot dogs and pizza, which was obviously nothing wrong with that. But I just thought that, you know, uh, a late night concept downtown Orlando would, would really kick off. And boy, did it ever. It did. Yes. It did. And then that led to Tin and Taco. Yep. So I, um, I, I branched off. Uh, 2000 and about 16, uh, came up with the concept of Tin and Taco. We opened in 2017, and uh, and the rest is history. So, how did you go from tacos to pizzas? So, I'm I'm originally from the uh, Detroit area. Uh, I, I left when I was 15 years old, uh, but gr I grew up on. We didn't call it Detroit style pizza. We called it. You know, you, you either get a square pizza or a round pizza. Mm -hmm. And we always loved the square pizza. And that was places like Buddy's and there was, you know, just a handful of those locations doing that specific style. Sure. Buddy's, yeah. I, you know, I went to 2,500 times while I was in, <laughs> you know, freshman, sophomore year of high school, uh, right around the corner. Uh, we go to places like Louie's, which is one of my personal favorites. Mm -hmm. And then we had, you know, the the chain pizzerias, um, you know, Cloverleaf, Jets, um, you know, the the bigger chains. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, we we enjoyed Buddies and Louis and and Cloverleaf the best. So in 2022, you decide to open Soto a Square, and it's Detroit style pizza. What exactly makes it Detroit style pizza? Is it the square? So I'm, I'm glad that you asked that. <laughs> <clears throat> I brought along, uh, and, and this is a, you know, way more than I could have ever imagined. Uh, yes, I wanted to open up a Detroit-style pizzeria. Uh, had the opportunity next door to Soto, Tin and Taco. Uh -huh. uh, I was going to turn it into a, a corporate office for Tin and Taco. And uh, it used to be a Hungry Howie's. And so just so we're clear, so people who are watching, Soto is short for <clears throat> south of downtown Orlando. Correct. And you decide to open Soto Square, which has nothing in Soto, which had nothing to do with the name of the part of town where you're opening. You just liked Soto Square. Correct. And it's on Michigan. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> That's very confusing. Perfect. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Michigan Street, because you are the big Detroit fan. We, mm -hmm. we see the hat. Um, so it all works. It's like meant to be. It works. It, yeah. All the stars aligned. You know, the space on Michigan became available. And, you know, I, I wasn't even going to do this. Con I wasn't going to create this concept. And during COVID, I, I bought a, a deck oven to install my house. I have a, a wood fire pizza oven and then I have a deck oven. I basically have a test kitchen in my okay. backyard. Mm -hmm. Love it. And I, during COVID, I, I really dug into this style of pizza. I've been making it for a long time, but I've never really gone down the rabbit hole, so to say. Okay. So I started making it for my family, and every time I would do something different, whether it's the flour, uh, whether it's a fermentation, I did bega, uh, poolish, sourdough starters. I, I literally had a lab on my countertop 
at all times of different, you know, variations of dough. And this was during COVID. This is, yeah, the beginning of COVID. Did you also have a treadmill in said kitchen? Because I feel like when you're sampling all this pizza mm. at your house, you know. Yeah, it was a, it was a little <laughs> it's a little heavy on the family. Okay. But Did you I, have to have like an Excel sheet of just like the different variations yeah. and. I ate one slice. I have to walk three right, feet. Yes. <laughs> no, it's you have to just. You have to keep telling yourself that you're tasting and not eating. Okay. And I do a lot of this tasting. Looks, yes, that's good. This looks so delicious that I can see it would be hard to mm -hmm. not eat the whole thing. But so you so, did lots of tasting. A lot of tasting, a lot of testing. Uh, I'll never forget the time that I brought it out to my wife. And uh, she took a bite and she said, whatever you just did, stop right there. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's it. And I said, what do you mean? She's like, it's perfect from the, the Frico, which I'll get into, the crumb. Uh, everything about it is absolutely perfect. And I've, I've flown her up to Detroit several times. Mm -hmm. uh, she's from Kissimmee, Florida. Okay. So I've flown her up and I've done the Detroit style pizza tour. Mm -hmm. And I said, you have to be brutally honest with me. Yeah. You know, how do I compare to other places? And I asked her because she is brutally honest. And I ask her sometimes, you know, to dial it back. And she says, why? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be so honest with you. And mm -hmm. she's very honest. Yeah. <laughs> so we came back and uh, she said, honestly, she's like, this is this is the best Detroit style pizza I've ever had. Nice. And I brought her to all the originals. Mm -hmm. I brought her to everyone that is literally within a 20 mile, 30 mile span of Detroit. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was the one. And then she's like, OK, now you have to open up a restaurant. And okay. I, I said, no way, I'm not doing it. I'm not, you know, because right, you had nothing else going mm -hmm. on. Yes. <laughs> we, have a, we have a two and a four year old at home. Mm -hmm. And like I was telling Thomas. In addition to multiple restaurants. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I never had a gray hair. 14 restaurants. Never had a gray hair until the kids arrived, uh -huh. which was, uh, was beautiful and, and obviously add a lot more added work gray on top of that. Yeah. So long story short, the, the commissary became available. I, I, um, I took over the Hungry Howie spot and it was nice because I it was all built out. And all I had to do is swap out the equipment that was, you know, for me instead of Hungry Howie's. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you want me to, to jump in. So, yeah, what makes this Detroit style? Because obviously, yeah. the you know, I call it the crust, but it looks very different than the round pizzas that we are accustomed mm -hmm. to seeing. And you brought out these pans that yes. I know are integral to right. sure. the look and feel. So everybody, everybody talks about the blue steel pan and, uh, you know, these were originally intended they were they were manufactured for uh, automotive uh, miscellaneous parts on the gm ford chrysler plant in detroit i instantly uh, think pizza looking at that yeah <laughs> i i do now yeah. yes yeah. uh they would collect the parts on it mm -hmm. and uh um, you know back in 1946 there was a, a guy a gentleman named uh, gus Guerra that owned uh buddy's rendezvous on six mile and conan um in detroit and he came across a surplus of pans. I, I guess they were no longer using them on the on the line. And he started creating a recipe that was similar to Sicilian, uh, but a, a lot more unique in, in different characteristics of that. And uh, this is what we use today, which is this pan, but run through the oven and you know think of a uh, cast iron. Mm -hmm. It's seasoned. So they come from Detroit uh, or the Detroit area uh, unseasoned. So if you were to get water on this right now, it'd be completely rusted. 
Uh, so we have to run it through our ovens, you know, for several hours, uh, build up the coat of seasoning mm -hmm. so that they don't stick. The first Detroit style pizza I ever made, in I put it in here yeah. and it ended up becoming a, just a complete mess and just <laughs> scraping it out. And uh, so, you know, the seasoning of the pan and you, you can, not cut corners, but you can cheat a little bit and they do sell Lloyd's pans. They sell different pans that are nonstick. And I, I have several Lloyd's pans at my house that I, I play with and I test. And um, I just didn't feel that I got the great results that I do from the traditional pans that, that they used back in the 40s. Uh, although way more work and a lot more, you know, we still have to season it every once in a while, every few months. Uh, I didn't want to jeopardize the quality of the product by going with a, a nonstick pan. So mm -hmm. that in itself is you know, a lot of work, but at the end of the day, the results show and it's, it's just a beautiful golden yeah. base crust. Mm -hmm. So what goes into it? You were throwing out some terms earlier in terms of the ingredients and, and the, the crispiness that you get around the edges. What what is in that secret sauce of yours? So it, it starts with the uh, you know I, I don't want to say star of the show because I think everything on this pizza is is part of the show. Uh, but one of the the most unique things about that sets this apart from from other doughs, New York style, uh, New York style pizza hydration level is in the fifty to sixties and, and can go up further than that. But normally it's in the in the fifty five percent mm -hmm. range. Uh, Neapolitan is, is usually higher. Detroit's in the 80s. Mm -hmm. So when you think of a 80% hydration dough, it's like a Laffy Taffy. So mm -hmm. instantly it's very hard to work with. It's mm -hmm. sticky. Um, it doesn't really do what you want it to a lot of the times. So, you know, being in a pan definitely helps it because you can control the shape of it and, and whatnot. Uh, with our flour, I also went down the rabbit hole uh, I went to you know countless food expos, pizza expos. Uh, flew out to Vegas, California, Chicago, uh, you know Detroit, Orlando, uh, different food shows to try all of the flours that I could get my hands on. Uh, high, usually high gluten. I settled for a 12% gluten flour, which a lot of the people making Detroit style pizzas is, is a high gluten 14%. I've tried them all, and in this one, I just found to be perfect. It's it's a very high end premium flour that I also I cut it with a twenty percent semolina, which is similar to a Durham wheat, which gives a a more golden crust and a better flavor, and it's a flour from Italy. Mm -hmm. So these two flours together, you know, it went from seventy percent. AP flour, all-purpose flour to 30% uh, semolina to 80, 20. And then I finally got one mm -hmm. within like basically 81, 19. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was the perfect result. Uh, so then I finally figured out the dough mm -hmm. and it's made in house every single day. I have, uh, I have two guys that work around the clock and uh, we call them the dough bros. And we use a- Making uh, dough. Yeah, we make a dough. We have, we have <laughs> five mixers, all different kinds. I'm still playing with different mixers. I have a spiral mixer that is my favorite. I have a Hobar planetary mixer, which is just your, your basic hook. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and it's amazing how even something like a mixer can make a difference. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I know you were saying before that like you have to also account for things like the weather and humidity and temperature and it's very there's, temperamental. There seems to be a lot more science and issues that go into this versus tacos. <laughs> there is. And you know, and now I'm realizing this and not regretting it. Now that you're in it. <laughs> I, this is what I, I nerd out on this. This yeah, is that's my great. this is my life. I nerd out on it. And it's, even with Tin and Taco, you, you never stop learning. Mm-hmm. And I'm always questioning, you know, what we're doing, why we're doing it, and is there a better way to do it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, the dough is, is made in-house. Uh, we ferment it for um, 24 to 48 hours, which gives the yeast time to develop. And, you know, all everything inside the dough is, is kind of formulating and, and creating this really magical mm-hmm. flavor inside the dough. Um, it's 80% hydration, so it's really light, it's airy, mm-hmm. it looks like it would be a, a heavy pizza, and people pick it up, they're like, they're amazed mm-hmm. by it. And that's why it's the best style of pizza on the planet, is because you could eat a four square, go back to work, and you'd be fine. And not mm-hmm. need a nap. Not, not have to yeah, yeah. not be in a coma for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no punch to Chicago pizza, but you're not gonna do that with <laughs> Chicago deep dish at least. Yeah. And you also time. pay very close attention to all the ingredients that you then top the pizza with, mm-hmm. top that special dough mm-hmm. with. Uh I do. including prioritizing your cheeses from Wisconsin. Tell us about what you brought today and where these ingredients are coming from. So I line the pans uh, before we press the dough in with a, uh, a garlic-infused um, olive oil blend, mm-hmm. uh, which gives it another depth of flavor. Uh, the cheese, I have a, a machine. We shred everything in a house. So I'm sure you've been to the grocery store and you look at the package of cheese and it looks uh, perfectly individual shreds. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't happen with fresh shred. They use products like cellulose or mm-hmm. I'm sure you've heard sawdust or whatever. Uh, it to me it doesn't give as good of a bake plus it's it's a fresh cheese so mm-hmm. I take I, I take a variation of three different cheeses I block shred them and then uh, and, and then we toss them all together so there's a I do an Amish white cheddar that comes in a 42 pound the biggest cheese wheel you've ever seen uh, I do a whole milk mozzarella where do you get that uh, so that that one was pretty easy to find. White okay. cheddar is pretty readily available mm-hmm. uh, through two of my vendors. A forty-pound wheel. That's the only that's the only way we could find okay. it. Okay. So yeah. I guess that's common. <laughs> so we is it like wheel. as big as this table? It's Matt. I should have brought one in, yeah. but I just didn't feel like lugging it around in a yeah. wagon. But but you're literally you have a, a pizza rocker cutting through it. It breaks the uh, the cheese wires. So we're cutting it down so that we can get it into our, our cheese shredder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do what's traditional to this cheese is called a Wisconsin brick cheese. Uh, it's not called brick because it's in a brick, but it's it's an actual variation of cheese. And it's a, a blend, it's similar to, uh, I guess if anything, it would be like a Munster, mm-hmm. uh, similar to that. And it's got this really unique, kind of nutty, creamy, just really cool flavor. And I wanted to, to be, true to Detroit style pizza. So I blend that cheese with the other two. So did you go on a cheese tour through the Midwest to settle on these cheeses? I went through a cheese, uh, I, I think it was like 30 day uh, time frame where I went to, you know, pizza shows I tried. 
And were all of your friends like, wow, you have the best job ever because you're in a 30-day cheese binge? I didn't really talk about it too much. (laughs) I didn't. I, you know, I... It, it was during COVID, and yeah. I, I at this point, just, it was just for you, right? It wasn't even like a plan for a restaurant. It wasn't a plan, yeah. No. And um, <clears throat> but I, I just like whatever I do, I just want it to be the absolute best yes. that I could. So the three cheese blend was not just 33, 33, 33%. I had to list out 27 different options mm-hmm. of percentages of these cheese blends, and I had 20, 27 or 30. I got to cheese blend number seven. That's I call it cheese blend number seven. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? First of all, I'm stuffed. And second of all, <laughs> there's no way that it's going to get better than this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar to what my wife said. Yeah. And I said, that's it. This and is the cheese blend. You must have an amazing palate because after blend number seven, I feel like it might all start tasting almost the same. But it didn't to you. You were able to differentiate, nope, this is, you know, mm-hmm. 42% of this kind and... <laughs> Which is different than forty one percent. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. Close your eyes. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. Take away one of your senses. There and you then, go. And you know, and zero in on it. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And so then your other toppings. I mean, this, I believe, is is this whipped ricotta cheese? Is that it is. on top with some honey drizzled on top? We use a, a hot honey with a whipped ricotta. Uh, this is what we do post bake, which is after bake. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people mistake it for ice cream. Mm. Because <laughs> yeah, I thought it might be goat cheese at first. Or, or yeah. I've heard butter before. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, butter no. wouldn't be bad, but yeah, <laughs> it'd be a mouthful. Midwest. Yeah. Uh, um, yes, and so again, tell us what you brought today and what these are called okay. on the menu. Mm-hmm. So each one of the pizzas minus this one uh, gets a, a premium fresh pack Stanislaus County uh, tomato sauce that we blend mm-hmm. in house. Literally everything is made in house. Uh, this is the Detroit Rob City, which I dubbed the nickname mm-hmm. a long time ago. Uh, is this your top seller? By far. Okay. By far. Uh, visually, it's stunning. The taste is is great. You know, all of the different elements hit perfectly. Uh, we have an Iso pepperoni, uh, which is the natural casing cup and char pepperoni, mm-hmm. which is literally the best pepperoni on the planet. Uh, fontanini sausage, uh, it's it's light on fennel, so mm-hmm. it, it's a really good balance throughout the pizza. Uh, whipped ricotta, uh, it's got, it has the coolness, and then we drizzle hot honey on top of it. So, you know, I, I advise all, all of my team to get the hot honey on top of the ricotta, so you get that sweet, the savory, the spicy, mm-hmm. everything just blends together. I'm trying not to drool right now. <laughs> I'm not stopping. And you know, so did, how did you come up with this recipe? So this was actually a World Cup uh, pizza winner. And um, Jeff Smokovich that owns Blue Pan Pizza in Denver uh, came up with this these toppings. Mm-hmm. So I met Jeff out in Vegas at the Pizza Expo and he was doing a seminar. And uh, I went up to him after, you know, he was actually, I'm, I'm sorry, I met him at a bar afterwards. Mm-hmm. And we started talking and I said, you know, I, I would never do something without your, you know, blessing. But would you mind if I recreate it with my own recipe and, and produce it and, you know, introduce it to Orlando, Florida? Mm-hmm. And he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's just a great, great guy all around. And uh, he goes, I'd love for you to. Absolutely. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 
So I got his blessing on that. Literally the World Cup winner of of the uh, Pizza Olympics. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> there is such a thing. Yeah. There is such a thing. Yeah. Okay. And then what do we have here? So this, I, I just wanted to bring a traditional uh, Detroit-style pizza with pepperoni. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's no frills outside of the ingredients that we use. Uh, but to me, it, it it's, reminds me of my childhood. You know, mm -hmm. we used to go to Red Wings games. Uh, my, my dad was a season ticket holder for 33 years, Detroit Red Wings uh, hockey team. So I grew up eating, you know, uh, square pizza literally on a trash can uh, <laughs> because there was no other places to eat. Mm -hmm. So we'd eat there, he'd have his beer and I'd have my, my we call it pop up uh -huh. north. I'd have my pop and I just ate my square pizza. And yeah, I like the game. Mm -hmm. But when I was a kid, I went for that square pizza. Mm -hmm. So this reminds me of my childhood. Um, I kick it up a notch. I put hot honey on this, and, and it's really just next level. It's, it's, it's fresh beautiful. Basil, yeah. it looks like. Fresh basil. Fresh yeah. basil. Uh, my kids are scared of it. A lot of kids are scared of fresh basil. Hmm. They're not yeah. used to it. So we uh, we don't put fresh basil on your build your own pizza because we get a lot of uh, we had a lot of complaints that the kids didn't like no it. Green. <laughs> no green. The green stuff. Green. Yeah, yes. No. <laughs> yes. And then here. So this is the five cheese Bianca, but I added mm. tomato for visual. Mm -hmm. uh, ricotta pre-bake. So we put the ricotta. We already have the five cheese or the three cheese blend base. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the four cheese uh, would be the ricotta baked in. And then on each of our pizzas, we use Pecorino Romano along with a, uh, fresh basil. And the reason I use a, a Pecorino Romano is I think it has a lot better flavor than Parmesan. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's fresh shred. It's literally shredded, you know, right before your eyes, and, and it just it finishes off the pizza really nicely. And then you brought some dogs. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> these are you know another childhood memory going mm -hmm. to baseball games and the coach bringing us out to uh, National mm -hmm. Coney Island on Mac Avenue after our games. And uh, pizza was one thing, but but. There's something about the simplicity of a Coney dog mm -hmm. that you just can't replicate. Mm -hmm. And uh, and 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 I did it because I, I fly the chili down from Detroit. Nice. Uh, so we use the same chili as Lafayette, which is, you know, it, it won best hot dog <laughs> in the nation. Uh, it's it's just it's a regional thing. Chicago mm -hmm. has her dog. New York has their dog. Uh, we have our dog, and mm -hmm. it's it's the characteristics are the steam bun. The natural casing hot dog that has a snap, the beanless chili, the raw onion that has to be fresh, has to be white, and then the, the simple yellow mustard. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know Anthony Bourdain, it's it's one of his favorites, uh, one of his favorites, and uh, it's and, the simplicity of it. And these right now are only available at your your Soto location. So yes, yeah. we're we're offering those uh, strictly at Soto, uh, but I'm I'm trying to bring them into Winter Park as well. Mm -hmm. All right, well, we have to try some of this Absolutely. because it <laughs> smells amazing. Um, mm -hmm. We have, is this how you serve? What you, you brought these. I did bring this. So mm -hmm. is this, you serve a dog in one of these? Is this how it works? So the dogs will come on the like that. taco mm -hmm. stand, okay. or the dog stand. We're gonna and... be dangerous here because I don't see any napkins, but okay. I wanna go for this. <laughs> go for it. I think I will partake this one. Okay. And then the pizzas go on the screen so that air gets yeah. underneath it. Mm -hmm. So tell us about, you have two locations, but you're already looking to expand for Soto. Currently have two locations, uh, one in Winter Park that we just opened about five months ago. And then uh, 
and mm. the original location in Soto. We're, uh, we're trying to open Lake Mary by the end of the year. And uh, I've got an LOI submitted for uh, East Orlando UCF what right now. What does that mean, LOI? Uh, letter of intent. Okay. So we, we started negotiations with a landlord on a space. This is so good. And the whipped ricotta makes it seem extra light. Absolutely. And I know what you mean. So we, if we can get a close-up of the, the dough, mm-hmm. it does look very airy. Uh, you know, you can almost see like the, the pockets in sure. there. It's not a thick, dense crust. We call that the crumb shot. Mm. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. So the, the Winter Park location was a formerly a Tinnin Taco. I heard you say you were opening up in Lake Mary. You also have a Tin and Taco location there. At any point, do you feel like you're like competing with yourself at all, or is it just so different that you think people will just go for it? Our sales actually increased at Tin and Taco when I opened Soto. Okay. Um, I think we bring a lot of uh, awareness to both brands. Mm-hmm. So Soto brings people into Tin and Taco that might not know it's there, and vice versa. But the synergy between the two brands has been monumental mm-hmm. um, you know under one roof we have a hundred different craft beers we have coney dogs detroit style pizza and tacos so it's li- literally something for for everybody mm-hmm. do you envision yourself one day opening up a location with both inside a tin and taco on one half and a soto square on the other well that's that's what soto is essentially mm-hmm. so we we the have a communal location. yeah we yeah. have a communal dining room okay. in between the two concepts uh, Lake Mary will be identical to that with mm-hmm. way more seating. Mm-hmm. So Lake Mary will be inside Tin and Taco with a full bar, about 300 seats, mm. uh, indoor outdoor patio, and uh, we're gonna rock and roll. What about beyond Central Florida? Yes and no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I love the you know the boutique style. You know we we do an artisan pizza. Mm-hmm. And I love having the control of, of keeping consistency and the quality. And, you know, unless I can control both of those things, which mm-hmm. is the utmost important thing to mm-hmm. me, um, we'll keep it in Central Florida. But I'm confident that there are, you know, operators out there that, that can help. How do you continue. juggle it all? Being a dad of two young kids operating all of these different concepts mm-hmm. in restaurants? Uh, mainly wine. <laughs> uh, we, you know, we, we drink our fair share of wine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've, I've got a, a, a fantastic team. I wouldn't be able to do any of it without them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're considered my family. You know, I, I spend more time with them than I do my actual family. So, mm-hmm. so we, we communicate constantly. And, uh, you know, my wife is... is I think she's my number one fan. Um, <laughs> you know, but in top ten, top, yeah, I'll take top ten. Uh, she's she has my back, and she's my you know best friend, and and uh, she's there to support me, and she helps me out with the kids mm-hmm. while I'm out slinging pizzas and tacos mm-hmm. and, and uh, going to expos. Yeah, I have to imagine with all these businesses, you you actually do have to spend a fair amount of time yourself in the kitchen these days. Still. I'm, <laughs> I'm always doing something for the business, mm-hmm. whether it's at home, whether it's on site, whether, you know, whatever it is, I'm, I'm, I'm only there to make it better and consistent. This honey is definitely the sweet sauce. It is off the chain. 
This is so delicious. I've never had a Detroit style pizza before. So oh, this is wonderful, yeah. And I'm, I'm sad about the next time I try one because I feel like it's not gonna be as good. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rob Bear, for joining mm -hmm. us today on Florida Foodie. This was fantastic. Delicious. And, um, can't wait to come and visit you again soon. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me and uh, appreciate it. Thank you. thank you. Thank you for listening to Florida Foodie. We'd also like to thank our guest, Rob Bear. You can find his businesses online at tinintaco.com and sodosquare.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to follow Lisa Bell online. Search Lisa Bell News on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find Candace Campos on social media. On Facebook, search Candace Campos News 6. And on Instagram, search Candace Campos WKMG. Also, a big thank you to our technical producers, Derek Mosier and Ryan Haley, and our director, Joe Grennan. I'm the show's producer, Thomas Mates. Please take the time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you stream podcasts. And you can find videos of all of our podcasts on ClickOrlando.com. And on YouTube, just search for Florida Foodie.